Welcome to Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. I'm glad you joined me today. This is the place where we discuss relevant topics to help you stand up and stand strong to overcome. And in this podcast, it is barely scripted, raw, real, and it's also a lot of fun. Also, you can find me at ValerieSilvera.com where I have many more resources to help you become a warrior in hope. There really is a fine line between rescuing people and helping them. You know that difference between a handout and a hand up? It can be very, very difficult, especially if you have people in your life who are really in trouble. Like I did when my daughter was addicted to heroin. When she lived with that addiction beast for more than half of her 30-year life, you know, it's, it's difficult not to want to save somebody. And especially, you know, for us moms, because we're really wired to nurture and protect and be there for other people. So it really goes against everything that we are to not want to help. I guess it's really kind of difficult to figure out what the difference is between helping and enabling. You know, it's kind of that, it's funny, I, I like to say that it's not even really a fine line. It's more like a muddy river. You know, it's, it's not easy to know. And not just in, in a big situation like with a child, and most of them, let's face it, are adults, who lives with an addiction beast, but really just in general. It's definitely my nature to want to help people and it kind of translates sometimes into rescuing and that can also be enabling and you know part of it is again just being generous by nature and and maybe wanting to be the kind of person that is there for people some of us are really 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 super wired that way but you know I think often it also in many cases ends up being something that feeds us you know, we kind of have that need to be the rescuer, to be the enabler. So sometimes we have to step back and go, really, who am I feeding here? You know, am I doing this really for them or me or is it really for both of us? And again, there's nothing wrong with that because certainly helping people and, and reaching out and being for them, being there for them is definitely serving you as well. So there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, sometimes it turns into a situation where we're almost trying to play God you know, it's what I call that super mom cape that I wore for about 13 years. And I think what happens, especially in the case of somebody who's been making bad choices, is that it starts to feel as if they need us. They can't make a decision without us. They're going to keep making bad decisions, the wrong decisions, so they really need us. We're the only ones that can make the right decisions. You know, so pretty soon it becomes sort of like, you know, you, you can't make a good decision without me. And really, what does that say to the other person? It basically says that I don't trust you. I don't believe in you. I don't think you can figure this out. I mean, that's not really very cool of us to do, even if somebody has proven over and over and over that they aren't doing a real good job of figuring something out. So it's kind of natural and normal to understand how you could get there, but probably not the best message to send to anybody. And really, how we learn, all of us, as human beings, how we learn the most is by going through stuff, by making mistakes, by making decisions that don't even seem like a mistake at the time, but they didn't turn out right. And then we analyze it and we make adjustments and we make different decisions. And so if you're 
not allowing somebody to go through that process, what are you keeping them from? You're literally not allowing them to go through a natural process that's part of life. So when we're continuously rescuing somebody or bailing them out, we're literally stunting their growth. We're not allowing them to learn really important lessons. And it kind of reminds me of a couple of things from my own childhood. And one of them was that when I first got my driver's license, I took out a loan for a car. I was 16 years old and I took out a loan. And my parents said, we will pay for your car insurance until you get your first ticket. Well, you know, I got my first ticket after about a month. (laughs) There I was with my first ticket. And it's really funny because my mom was pretty tough because she was a single mom for a lot of years. And at this point, I did have my stepdad, but my mom was still kind of the, the tough one. And so she knew about the ticket, but it was really funny. One day I was in the spare room where we had a desk and I was doing my homework. And my mom comes walking in and she didn't say anything about this ticket. She just walked in and she put the insurance policy down on the desk in front of me and walked out. That was it. She was true to her word. And I started to pay for my insurance that day. That was it. It was all on me. And that was important. I mean, think about that. How If she had just, oh, well, it's just a ticket and their insurance went up and they have to pay because I made a mistake. First of all, that's not fair to them. Second of all, they would have prevented me from learning a valuable life lesson. There are consequences to our actions. And you know, at the time it didn't feel so good. At the time I wish they would have kept paying my insurance, but I now know that it was a great life lesson. So continuing on, this is about probably a couple weeks later. It was Memorial weekend, I think it was, or one, I don't know, 4th of July. It was one of those three-day weekends and I decided to go with some friends and drive my car, you know, this brand new driver over to Eastern Washington. I lived in the Seattle area at the time and we were going to go over there for this long weekend, have a good time. And my parents were out of town at a hockey tournament in Canada. So off I went. Well, to make a very long story short, I wrecked my car. Yeah. I put it in a big, huge ditch. I mean, literally lucky to be alive. That's a whole nother story for another day. But I had to leave my car in a junkyard. Now, remember, I said it a few minutes ago, I had a loan on that car. So my parents did the best thing for me. They did not bail me out of that problem. I had car payments to make. And I had to continue to make those car payments. It wasn't a very long loan because it wasn't a very expensive car. But I had months and months of car payments to make on a car I didn't own anymore. A car that was being parted out somewhere in Eastern Washington. So that was another lesson. I had to figure out how to get to my job. And my job was not down the street around the corner. My job was probably 30 minutes away by car. And my parents, I had to figure out how to get myself to my after school job so that I could pay off the car that I no longer had. And I did. I paid off that car. And you know what's kind of interesting? Every car I've owned since, and I tend to be a really clean person anyway, so this may not have been that much different, but I'm telling you what, I took very, very good care of my cars. And I don't really know, who will ever know, what I would have done differently. But think about the possibility of them just giving me a new car and what that would have meant. 
What would I not have learned if my parents had just bailed me out of that problem? And I don't know what happened to our generation, if you're around my age, but for some reason, we decided to bail our kids out of everything. I don't know. I mean, it's not as if I had life so difficult. I mean, we definitely didn't have a lot of money or anything like that, but I mean, life was not that difficult. I wasn't, you know, carrying water on my head for nine hours back from the well. I mean, this is crazy, but for some reason, we really didn't want our kids to have any kind of suffering and and we really have prevented them. And I'm not saying everybody in every case, but definitely as a society, it's as if we've just prevented all of these life lessons. And, you know, when you get to a certain age, you look back, you really understand and appreciate and realize how darn important these life lessons are and what we're doing to other people. You know, whether it's sons and daughters or not, what we're doing to other people when we prevent them from these really, really super valuable lessons. So I was thinking about this again. Okay, so this is my son, Sean, and he is not the child I have with addiction. In fact, my daughter actually died in August of 2016. And so this is actually, he's my only child now, but... Yes, he's had a difficult road because of Jamie and, and all sorts of things, you know, in his life. He's had challenges, but, and, and, and by the way, I've bailed him out of plenty of things. I have bailed him out of way more than my parents ever bailed me out of. And, you know, he, he's even told me, oh, mom, I knew how to play you. I knew exactly how to get to you and what to say. Not in a super manipulative way, but at least he was honest enough to tell me later on. I was fully aware, by the way, of what I was doing. But anyway, so my son went through a series of difficulties. I mean, back to back to back. Starting out with, he got rear-ended on the freeway and it was a hit and run. And then his dryer broke down and it's one of those washer-dryer combos, you know, so you can't just go out and buy a $300 dryer. You got to buy the whole unit. And a whole bunch of things just all happened within days of each other. And it was a difficult time for him. And and he just got a promotion right in the middle of that he gets a promotion. But, you know, it takes time for that to take effect and everything. So it kind of felt like him as a big downer. And we talk every week, two, three times a week, it seems. And so we just talk about everything. So he, he called and told me about that. And that's not unusual. But at the same time, I'm sure there was a part of him hoping that I would bail him out in some way. And here's the honest part. There was a huge part of me that wanted to bail him out. There was a huge part of me that wanted to forego something we have some money earmarked for so that we could, I could save him. And that would not be the first time I've done that in the past for either one of them. And, you know, you might think, well, that's selfless. And, and what's wrong with that? We need more selfless people in the world. We need more generous people. We need more people with grace and mercy. Absolutely. But you know what? I did not bail him out. And it's because of what I'm telling you here. It went against my heart. It went against my nature. It went against what I wanted to do. I wanted to save him. I wanted to bail him out, but I didn't. Instead, I said, you know, I know you'll figure this out. I know you can take care of this. I know you can work through some things. And he had some ideas about the washer and dryer he talked to me about. And I gave him a little bit of advice, but I literally just said, I know you can do this. And it hurt my heart, but I think it was only two days that passed. I mean, literally two days when I empowered him. So remember, I wasn't taking from him. I was giving to him. 
I empowered him. I gave him the message that I believe in you. He also had to get up off that mat. He had to decide. He had to, you know, stand strong. He had to make these tough life decisions. And we even had that, that discussion, by the way, of how much worse life could be. And I know nobody really wants to hear that when they're going through some stuff. You know, nobody wants to hear, well, you don't have to carry water for nine hours, like I said earlier, because I've said that to them. Nobody wants to hear that, but it's true. So I was trying to help him keep his attitude, keep his focus, you know, all the stuff that I so believe in. You know, how can I be out telling moms of addicts and other people like that what they should do to stand up and fight and, and you know, stand strong and be courageous and take care of yourself and all of that if I'm not living it? And so I did that. Like I said, didn't feel great, but I did it. So like I said, two days later, I think it was, he calls me up or sends me a text. He sends me a text and says, this is on, remember his new promotion that he just got maybe the week before. He said, I just made my quota today for the month. It was the ninth of the month. So on the ninth of the month, he hit his quota you know what? I wonder if he would have made his quota on the ninth if I would have bailed him out. I wonder if he would have pushed that hard. You know, some people might have because they're wired that way. It just really, a lot of it depends on wiring, but doesn't matter. It was up to him. See, I'm not supposed to live his life. He's supposed to live his life. I'm a part of his life. But I think really honestly, seriously, ladies, the best Thing that I can do for him is to keep demonstrating to him what courage looks like, to keep showing him what it's like to fight. You know, I mean, that's, that's a, a gift for him that he can see me as a strong and courageous woman, that he sees that when I have tough times, this is what I do. When I have difficult days, this is how I adjust my attitude. You know, I change my focus. And those are the those lessons are far better gifts, even though he might have rather, if you asked him, he would probably would have rather had some, you know, a check or a wire transfer or something. But I know for a fact that he felt so good about himself when he hit that quota and he loved hearing from me and from his stepdad, Rich. He loved hearing from us how proud we were of him. You see, for him to make it through, for him to figure out how to deal with his washer and dryer, you know, I said to him, welcome to home ownership. And so for him to have those life lessons, those will carry him through forever. You know, bailing him out of a washer or dryer or his deductible on his car or whatever, that is a, an immediate answer. That is an immediate solution. It's not something that's going to carry him through the rest of his life. Guaranteed, if he keeps his head right, one day he's going to tell that story. He's going to tell that story to his kids or to somebody else. He's going to have that life lesson to present to somebody else. So we've got to stop this. We've got to stop stepping in the middle of other people's journey. You know, life is not supposed to be, I mean, I know we'd all love it to be, but life is not supposed to be smooth sailing. It's not supposed to be everything is awesome. Everything's perfect. Everything's wonderful. You know, life is just one big happy, you know, event. 
that doesn't mean you can't be happy in the middle of it all. You can. But life has comes with, you know, what comes with life is troubles and challenges and roadblocks and and it's that's how we grow. It reminds me of how silver works, how they keep putting it back in the fire and shining it up and putting it back in the fire and shining it up. Or how diamonds are made. These are the these things are refined through pressure. And often were refined through pressure. The pressure to become more. And we don't often become more until we're backed into a corner. Until we have to rise up. That's when you find out what you're made of. So you're no different. I'm saying this to you. So you have to start doing this with other people too. Don't you want your sons and daughters and the other people in your life to figure out what they're made out of? I know that lots of times the reason you're rescuing is because you're scared. It's fear. You know, these two, the strongest emotions are love and fear. And they drive this. I mean, they're driving the ship, right? I mean, love and fear are such strong emotions. And when it comes to our, especially our sons and daughters, but often anybody we love, we are so driven by love and fear. So here's the thing. The love part, you don't have to change. Because when I held back from giving Sean, it didn't mean I didn't love him. It didn't demonstrate any less love. Geez, in a way, you could argue that I showed more love by allowing him to learn those lessons. So that I don't think we have to worry about that in the equation. It's really about more about fear. We're afraid they might have to feel bad. We're afraid of something worse. I remember being afraid Jamie might die if I didn't protect her, if I didn't keep forking out money. You know, it never dawned on me. Well, it probably did dawn on me after a while. But I would ignore the fact that while I was giving her money for X, that means she was spending any other money she had on drugs. So essentially I was buying drugs for her. But I mean, I ignored that fact because I was just so scared. So I get that. I get that you're driven by love and fear in many of these situations, love or fear or both. But we really need to step back and stop trying to step in the way of another person's lessons. Step in the way of their journey even. They're here for a reason and it might be a reason you don't understand. So I just really want to encourage you to step out of the way of other people. Just like you need to learn your lessons, they too need to have the, not just the ability, but the opportunity. It's an opportunity. Learning, growing, stretching, those are opportunities. When we remove those opportunities from the lives of other people, what are we doing to them? If you really start to think about that, I hope this will help you. When you get into a situation like I did, when poor Sean was telling me day after day after day, all these things happen. I didn't even tell you all the things, but all of these different things. My mom, mama heart here wanted to save him. I had to stand strong and realize I don't even, you know, call that tough love. It's just love allowing him to walk it out, to walk his journey, to go through it there to support him, there to say, I believe in you. So I really think ultimately, even if he doesn't realize this consciously, subconsciously by me allowing him to do that, I was telling him that I believed in him. And I think 
that he now has a lot more faith and belief in himself because I allowed him to go through that lesson and figure it out on his own. So stop stepping in the way of other people and what they need to learn. You are not here to save other people. Absolutely to love and to give them a hand up. Big difference between that and a hand out. You're here to really be on your own journey. But of course, our lives are intertwined with the lives of others. But your job is not to save or to prevent others from learning their lesson. I know none of this is easy, but life isn't easy. Importantly, know that you're not alone. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through or how you're feeling right now, you're definitely not alone. And I'm standing with you. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you will subscribe and come back and join this podcast often. Also, you can find me at ValerieSilvera.com where I have many more resources to help you become a warrior in hope.